Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday. Can I ask you a question? Yes, go ahead. Let's say you're confronting Mike for cheating on you. Okay. <laughs> this is How a many question bites? that really just came out of nowhere. Sorry. I'm really <laughs> Did it? by this. <laughs> okay, you're confronting Mike for cheating on you. How many bites of your Caesar salad do you take <laughs> in the confrontation? <laughs> I think I'm I'm shoveling that Caesar salad and letting him, you know, for, like just talk his way into a deeper hole. I think yes. I'm I'm <laughs> gathering info. I'm croutons crunching, just letting him say whatever the fuck he thinks he needs to say. Because if you wait, I'm very bad mm. at this. But if you wait a little too long and you just let people get uncomfortable, they'll start saying shit that they didn't want to say. Oh, just slowly traveling that fork with a big fat crouton and Parmesan crisp right up to your mouth while like slowly making eye contact with him and then chewing it and taking your damn time. is like such a unique power play. The whole scene, my mouth was to the floor and not because Michael was confessing to cheating on her, but because of her demeanor, it was so unreal. Uh, we're talking about Real Housewives of Potomac people. We just got like right into it. I'm sorry, Oof, but wow, I was what really a crazy thought you scene! You had some information that I was unaware of first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, truly, what an icon! Uh, Ashley Darby sits down to confront her husband, who was recorded by either a woman at the club or a stripper that he took up to a hotel room and then a gossip site, you know, blasted it out all over the internet. She sits down and she orders the Brussels sprouts and Mm -hmm. the Caesar salad Mm -hmm. and a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, honey. (laughs) Completely unbothered. I probably would have done some French fries or some chicken fingers or something like that in there. And then I would be like, okay, he's got the bill. Like when we were done with the conversation. Wow. Chicken fingers reminds me that like my hypothetical version of this would be like me and Tony at our beloved Buffalo Wild Wings and me just slowly and deliberately eating my parm garlic wings while he's just rambling and confessing and apologizing. Like that would be my Ashley Darby power move, except it would be way less classy and it would be at a (laughs) Buffalo Wild Wings. I kind of can't believe that you would like sully your temple Buffalo Wild Wings with a cheating conversation. You know, like don't you want to have only good vibes there? (laughs) Maybe I tried. That's me trying to ruin it for him. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I know it is. It's my church. It really B-dubs is truly my church. Wow. What a cool scene, though, because we also got to see. Did you believe did you buy Michael telling the cameras to stop? He was like, this is our lives. We've got to stop this. I've done enough. And and at one point, Ashley was like, yeah, this is our real life. Did you buy that or did you feel like it was somewhat staged? I thought that she forced him to have this conversation on camera and he didn't mm. want to and she wanted to mm. to have like a record of the conversation. That is a great theory because he also seems he seems beyond like nervous and his eyes are red and he was like very uh, not put together. Whereas like we've said a thousand times, she was fucking the ice queen of the Potomac. Uh, 
and did seem like she very much wanted it to happen. I just didn't care for when he brought the producer over. It seemed like he made a big show of being like, see, this is our real life and this is ruining my marriage. And I did everything. I said all of the truth. So now I would like to stop. And Ashley was like, I think I also admit that this is all very real. It seemed a little like, you know, she doth protest too much for me. I loved it. I was eating up every little part of it. But I, I, just, my read on her reaction was like, yeah, you put us in this place and I never wanted to ha- I didn't want to talk about how we've had a threesome on camera, but this is what you did. Like that was my, mm. re- that was my read on her. Not necessarily that she was like, okay, we're, I'm also done. You know what I mean? Is that how you read it? Interesting. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. That she's like, you've, you've put me in this position. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's all getting more and more complicated as it goes on. <laughs> And man, is that picture of him in the hotel room disgusting. There's also, and they haven't brought this up on the show, and I wonder if Andy or we'll bring it up at the reunion. There's a video of him. So he's claiming that he didn't sleep with this woman. And he's like, oh, she just took a picture of me when I was getting dressed and I passed out. But there's a video of him from that morning laying on the bed in his underwear saying, I'm just trying to get you to spank me. <gasps> and nobody's brought that up yet. Oh and I'm my like, god, that's awful. My oh man. Oh my god, that's so awful. You that's so bad. Cannot have plausible deniability about not having sex with someone if there's another video of you asking to be spanked by another woman in the morning. I don't know. Also, for anybody <laughs> who doesn't watch, I do want to repeat, yes, his alibi was Yes, I brought a woman up to my hotel room, but I was so sleepy that I fell asleep and nothing (laughs) happened. Are you fucking serious? And then to make her repeat that to her friends while they're like, Ashley, come on. Like, what kind of insane excuse? Again, in our hypotheticals of Mike and Tony doing this, you're caught red-handed, and if they said... Oh, we were so sleepy. We fell asleep and nothing happened. Thank God. I would push Tony into traffic and then take him out and do it again. That's so insulting. I'm sorry. I could I could go on for days. Was your impression of what she was saying about the nature of their marriage that they had a threesome? Or was it that she is allowed to hook up with women that she finds attractive on her own? Because I'm a little confused. There seems mm. to be a pretty clear line if you as a couple decide together that you're going to have a threesome and I am bisexual and I we have an agreement that we can hook up with people outside of our monogamous relationship. You see what I'm yeah. saying? What's confusing about it is she does allude to like one – particular threesome that they were both involved in but then she also in her dinner with michael says i don't want to do that anymore like i'm done right with that part of our marriage so that to me implies you and i both at one point had some sort of agreement where we got to step outside of the conventional bounds of marriage but now that we have our son and i'm getting thrown under the bus for this in the you know limelight i i'm done i want to go back i just want to be monogamous can you do that and he that's was like, what i yeah. took away from it too because it doesn't ashley is smart and it doesn't seem like she would have such a loose definition of what was allowed in their relationship if they had just participated in a threesome but maybe mm-hmm. she just doesn't want to get into all that on camera. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to me. That being said, 
I do weirdly feel like the women were very supportive of her. <laughs> like they didn't yeah. scream at her or anything, you know? I do think, yeah, I would have, I would have been a lot more incredulous when I heard like his theory, but I think that they, they seemed to appreciate, and someone even said it in their talking head, perhaps it was Karen, like that there was something a little refreshing about her just showing up the next day and like openly talking about it uh -huh. um, so that they were just kind of all ears. And then she was like, I do open the floor to questions. And the women were truly like raising their hands like they were in a class, which was very cute. And they were like, I need to go first. I, I have a question. I have a question. <laughs> but I think they respect that there is uh, the, the openness that she has and that there's a lot of nuance to it and that she's already also being like, just so fucking destroyed yeah. in the press like i think that they have a little bit of empathy for her perhaps but yeah i agree i like that there was a little bit more support than you might imagine oh my in... god robin accidentally texting the gossip <laughs> site to ashley that is something i so would do sometimes i literally like call people because i'm so afraid that i will accidentally text the wrong person and they'll be like what do you think i'm gonna screenshot what you said and i'm like no i don't trust my own like understanding of technology <laughs> she saved it so well it was such a relatable moment she was like fuck i sent it right to ashley but then i immediately sent another text that was like yo did you see this <laughs> what do you want us to do about this which is great yeah and it seemed like ashley had way bigger fish to fry than to be worried about it but i agree that was a very relatable moment of just like a oh fuck, fuck that was the wrong fuck. text <laughs> <laughs> we've got to talk about monique's podcast you guys, what? I just want to let you know that $200,000 is a reasonable budget for a podcast. <laughs> I can see where every dollar was spent. I don't think that there's any cuts she could make to that budget. I mean, you know. I, I, yeah, I totally agree. Let's, I will explain that to Tony in a heartbeat. I, here's the thing. I like when there's, I, I get cringeworthy sometimes when there are scenes of some of the real housewives who are married and are actual like real housewives and their husbands are the breadwinners or whatever. And they have some discussions where they're like asking for permission or forgiveness about some certain expense. Like Kyle does it a lot when she flies to Italy and spends like $12,000 in a Fendi store or whatever. But it bummed me out that I was like, well, I want I want Chris to be cool and to be supporting Monique and all of these like amazing endeavors. And it sounds like he like kind of has a tight grip and it's like making her do a lot, yada, yada. And I was like, really, team Monique. And then she was like, listen, I spent two hundred thousand dollars on my podcast already. And I was like, what? I'm team Chris. I'm team Chris. <laughs> I could not have flopped faster. I was like, you've got to fucking figure it out with her, man. That's an insane amount of money to spend on a podcast before. Like it hadn't even like really launched yet. Right. Or it had like a very, I don't, I, I have like, I really blacked out because I was so shocked from that information, but I hope she figures it out. I mean, ugh. not for lazy mom sounds like it's, it's more like not for middle-class or, you know, poor moms. Yeah. It's <laughs> Honestly. not for poor moms. <laughs> If you have $200,000 to spend on your blog, podcast, newsletter, whatever the fuck that is, how much, that's your expend, that's your like, I have a hobby income. Like, how much are you spending on like shit for your kids and like help with childcare? I just don't. I take issue with the title, not for lazy moms, if that's the budget we have. Yes, yes. Preach, Alyssa. That's exactly it. That's precisely it. Wild. So wild. Um, <sighs> I just really briefly wanted to mention that whoever the cameraman uh, who was tracking Candace holding the knife and waving the knife around as a callback to when she threw the butter knife at someone in a previous season, like 
genius work, honestly. Yeah. Really crafting a narrative, planting and paying off things. I I really I really appreciate the the art of uh, putting that together. So yeah, what a brilliant homage! I love it. We, we're here <laughs> for you. We see you, and thank you for your work. Yes. Um, <laughs> should we talk about Roni? Yes, I do want to talk about Roni. I uh, I got a real kick out of you know. I mean, it was a pretty general like reunion app. It is what it is. But I loved the supercuts that they did of like the different housewives's housewives's. Is that even right? Catchphrases. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I uh, I think it was so cute seeing like how much Leah smelled things. Right. And uh, they had just like an amazing montage of Dorinda saying, "Can you imagine?" Can you imagine? And I realized that if I was to do one of you, which I would love to do one day, that it would be you using the word scooch. Oh, I like that. Wow. Do you realize that you say scooch like like usually two times an episode? And every time I like secretly crack myself up because I noticed it months ago. I was like, Alyssa says scooch so much because you use it as like a unit of measurement and you use it as a verb (laughs) and so you will and you'll use it passionately you'll just be like why can't we get a scooch more money for this thing or a scooch more and then you'll be like but if they just scooched over a bit or if they were willing to scooch and so I think it would be a very funny uh, Roni supercut of you saying scooch. That's I all really I had like to say that. about the I whole I was really episode. worried it was going to be. There's a couple things that I say over and over again on this podcast that I beat myself up over that I've tried to Aww. sort of get out of my language. And I'm not going to say them because then you guys will just hear them as much as I do. It's like when you buy a new car and then you see the car everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um but scooch was not one of them, and I actually really like that word. So I'm proud of it. I would proudly accept I know the su- you do. super cut. Um, that's so funny. That's wow. I didn't even realize I said it that much. Well, look, it's a, it's, I'm cultivating a brand over here. It's you know? a great word. And like I said, because you're using it for different meanings and in different ways, it's, like, it's not the same as you overusing it. It's not the same as Dorinda saying, can you imagine? Because oh, it always has <laughs> the same meaning and inflection. Like that, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And that's why it's so cute to watch them see themselves do that. Like It was so funny to see Leah be like aghast at the idea of her smelling so many things. She was like, I had no idea. <laughs> But she would just pick up pretty much anything in the show and smell it before eating it or touching it or doing anything with it. And I got a real kick out of it. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I I mostly enjoyed her. Like, you know, I feel like when you're a person who likes smells or who's into weird smells, you probably know that about yourself. But it was really uh, enjoyable to see her have no fucking clue that she was like that. Yeah. You should just be shocked at a habit. Like, that's so that's always such a rare moment when you explain something to someone and they're like, wait, what? That's insane. Yeah. I had that. Well, I mean, it happened started when I was like younger, but I. I my brother used to tell me that I stomped my big brother would be like you walk so loud like you stomp so loud and I really like wrote it off as just something because he was annoyed by me breathing he was my older brother and so I really wrote it off as something he was just teasing me about and then once I got to college and I was like living with roommates in like a multi-level house they were like Jesus Christ Taylor like why the fuck did you walk so aggressively and I do I stomp really badly and so that I did find out. In That's a bad so way. bizarre. I've never noticed yeah. that before. I love that. Whenever I think of stomping, I think of that scene in Miss Congeniality where she walks across <laughs> the street and then her etiquette coach is like, 
I haven't seen it walk that bad since Jurassic Park. And I think about that scene <laughs> all the time. <laughs> That's me. I'm a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I love that. That truly is. And I tr- I'll catch myself. Like, I'll hear my feet sometimes. And I'll be like, oh, girl. And I try to, like, walk a little softer. But... <laughs> I'm just you know what? My walker. voice is very loud, and I same thing. Like I thought that my brother was just annoyed by how loud I was because he's my brother. But s- multiple people, including Mike, has told me that I have a very loud voice for no reason. It's very hard for me to talk quietly, and <laughs> I honestly just think this is about women being made <laughs> to be smaller and quieter in the world, and I do not yes. accept it. So stomp all over your house. I want to stomp everywhere <laughs> and shout during it. Um, yes. Anyway, great. <laughs> Perfect. Um, do you have any thoughts on Roni? No, I mean, I was going to repeat Sonia's, like, really funny, not because of you shaming me. I had to go to the <laughs> desert and get connected with my spiritual side. Um, uh, there's just yeah. a lot, you know, a lot of good quotes, but nothing specifically, I think, worth recapping. Uh, farewell to Dorinda. I feel like she'll be back again. It seemed like after the end of this episode, it was, like, sort of a mutual situation where she felt yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah, she admitted to, like, maybe I shouldn't have even been shooting. Like, me shooting was kind of the hardest time of the year, and I didn't feel like I can ask for help because there was a lot of pressure to put on a happy face and yada yada. Um, So, yeah, I do think it's probably the best thing for her, and it's very clear. Yeah, she'll be be in and out. She'll be a friend of the cast. There was a very cute video of um, Leah on Instagram a few days ago just, like, bumping into Dorinda on the street, and they seem to have a very cute reunion that I loved watching. Um, So, you know what? Good for her. Go for her, as they say. Let's uh, talk about um, Beverly Hills and yes. the <laughs> Denise's like fourteen-year-old daughter going to the Malibu Chili Cook-Off. So I, as a teenager, also went to the Malibu Chili Cook-Off, um, <gasps> and there's so much making out. I mean, like if you watch Euphoria and you see like the Carnival episode, it's like that minus. Uh, all the Molly. There's like probably some Molly, but nobody invited me to do it because I wasn't cool. <laughs> Who throws it, Alyssa? Who throws the Malibu chili bake off? I think it's just the city of Malibu. Uh, and it's I'm, chili? Yeah, it's like all these different chilies, and there's like a chili winner. What it's in month like a is it? field. They set up, you know, carnival rides. I got so sick on the Gravitron one year that I couldn't stand up, and my friend's mom had to take me home. <laughs> <gasps> have you ever oh been God. on a gravitron it's hell it's i've been on like a torture. gravitron i've <laughs> been on a gravitron i have not been to a chili bake-off and certainly not in like a beach paradise city like malibu <laughs> that's what's so like crazy to me it's like i lived in new england i could see a fucking chili fest happening there but like what month did this happen in it's in september I believe. Okay. Um, and did you wear as short of a short oh, crop yeah. top as? Oh, yeah. oh Alyssa! <laughs> That's like where you go to CNBC and as like a little teenager because it's you know quote unquote safe. You can even go with your parents, but they can't keep track of you, you know, because it's like a big carnival. It's the same as any carnival. It's just like Pink and Pamela Anderson are there. <laughs> like, oh with their my kids. god! <laughs> and you showed up in your crop top, ready to make out with some boys, and then you got nauseous on the gravitron and had to be sent home. Oh yeah, definitely. Wow, I love this image of you. I think that's so funny. <laughs> the image of me, like, okay, we look so cute. Let's do the gravitron first, and then after we recover, we'll be able to eat all the chili, and then cut to like me face down on a bench, like, um, oh, Mrs. <laughs> Pevsner, I think I think I need to call my mom. I think I need to go home. I don't think I can stand up again. <laughs> 
my god that's so good i love that so much um i wait speaking of food the really the only thing i wanted to talk about so badly from the secrets revealed which actually was my favorite secrets revealed i've ever watched maybe it's because i just i i like like the moments where we get to see them kind of having fun and the past few episodes of beverly hills have been like bummers yeah but they showed Sutton's birthday party. She goes to this incredibly uh, extravagant and expensive restaurant and they deliver to the table in unison like they're fucking dancers from like <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. These <laughs> cigar cases of salmon cigars no, like they're right? tuna, tuna cigars. Yeah. And so they open the box, smoke comes out. It's like such this crazy presentation. And then it opens the cigar box and it's this like, you know, edible sort of tuna cigar thing. And Tony loves fish and he loves cigars. So I paused it and I made him come watch it. And then he was like, he was like, this is so stupid. Have you seen the We Want Plates Reddit board? And he proceeded to show me this Reddit. I don't even know if Reddit board is the right Reddit. Like, like, I don't know, like page. Reddit read, I don't know, called We Want Plates. And it's just pictures of people at really, really fancy restaurants, but they their food isn't served on plates. And there's literally a picture of this guy's hand and like a dollop of what looks like maybe some sort of like sea urchin or like creamy sort of a thing. And the post was, this is the most expensive restaurant I've been to in my fucking life. And the chef made this inside of my hand. No. And yes. And there's pictures of like, you know, everything uh, like the, the other like kind of typical more seen ones are like when you get a French toast on like a wooden slab instead of a plate. But then like the syrup goes everywhere or, or like things. There was one where it was a cocktail that was served inside of a stone with like a little <laughs> hole in it. And he was like, my wife had to pick this up and suck on the stone to get Ew. her cocktail out. Yeah, it's just a really it, it reminded me of that of like there's sometimes on these shows where we see just like the most beautifully presented food and things I really want to try. And then other things where you're like, what, what are you paying for when you get a tuna cigar box? I don't understand. Um, I have a question. What percentage of Tony's life do you think he spends on Reddit? Oh God! He's constantly uh, like, look at this funny Reddit thing that I found. Like constantly, and he's turned me on to the ninety. I now have a Reddit just to watch the ninety day fiance Reddit. Wow. I like love it so much, and I actually work backwards from it because then there's so many episodes of ninety day fiance on at any given week that I I read the Reddit first, and then if the Reddit board is like, oh my God, Angela and Michael had the most insane fight, then I go watch that scene. It's brilliant. Wow. But to answer your question, I would say between seventy and ninety eight percent of his life he is on reddit and he looks so serious when he's like looking at it it's not like he's scrolling leisurely and like giggling to himself or laughing like he looks the same at the like computer or the ipad as if he was looking at like coverage of a script or something it's very it's very misleading but that's hilarious if he's showing me stuff like we want plates i'm fine with it <laughs> He's well, curating is, content wanted, for me. I wanted to plug a fish cigar that is not as expensive as the one that we saw on TV at Friedman's Deli in Silver Lake. They have a white fish cigar, and it's delicious. And I recommend everyone Jewish and non-Jewish try it. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, I they, didn't know that you had such a recommendation. Yes. A, they're the fish cigar for the people. Yes, The Alyssa exactly. Lippman story. <laughs> <laughs> That is my story. Fish cigar for the people. All we're ever trying to do is turn people on to smoked fish as just like the only like Jewish tradition we're passing on in society. 
Honestly, oh my God, it's almost Yom Kippur. Everyone get a whitefish cigar and break the fast Do with it. a whitefish cigar. <laughs> oh, it's true. Oh, that is rich. Um, okay, I want to br- introduce the interview this week, which is so fun. It's also about one of the pillars of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Lisa Rinna. And we interview Amy McNabb, who is a brilliant actress and also a wonderful podcast host. And we have such a fun time talking about some Rinna moments, why, you know, what we think about the different structures of this franchise in general and how it's changed over time and what we just fucking love about Real Housewives in general. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy. Five, six, seven, eight, wall to wall. Eat your heart out, Madonna. Oh, yeah. Five, six, seven, eight, oh, one, two, three, oh, four, five, six, oh, one. All right, you guys, today's guest is not only a very brilliant actress that I've actually had the pleasure of sharing the stage with, but is also a really, really fabulous singer and voiceover artist, and she makes her gorgeous voice work honey, because last but not least, she also hosts and produces a really, really wonderful podcast that I encourage all artists to listen to. It's a podcast called The Actor Mindset Podcast. Mm-hmm. Amy McNabb, thank you so much for joining us with your beautiful voice. How are ah, you? Thank you. I'm so good. I'm so excited to to be here. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> I'm really excited to have you here. I, I, I have been waiting to do a Lisa Rinna episode, and she... <laughs> Is just so iconic, so important, has so many things to discuss. Uh, Talk to us about how you got into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and like kind of your relationship with it. Yeah. uh, So I've been watching the Real Housewives franchise since it started, just all of it. Um, And I remember, I I think, you know, I forget exactly when Beverly Hills premiered in comparison to Jersey and New York, but Jersey and New York were my first ones. And then Beverly Hills and the OC. And they're the ones that I've continued to watch through the last like 10 years. Um, And they're really honestly the only uh, reality franchise I watch. Like I don't, I haven't watched The Bachelor. I haven't watched, I, I feel like it's like not good to say that on this podcast but like I really like that's okay people literally come on here and they're like I hate reality TV (laughs) except for this one show I'm talking about and we're we're like you know what we're here to change that about you (laughs) no but you watch plenty so that's great you know and it's like I never watched the hills um any of that stuff so it's funny because Real Housewives I think has just stuck with me and I kind of slowly but surely started dropping some of them along the way so the only two I watch now are Beverly Hills in New York um, and mm-hmm. it's funny though, because I can't watch them back to back because they're so different. Like the women of Beverly Hills are so fake and it's all bullshit and it's all like <laughs> LA. Like it's also like, Oh my God, it's so good to see you. And New York is a fucking disaster. <laughs> yes. And so like, I can't watch them back to back because my brain's like, what? what? No. Like when I watch New York, I'm like, you guys should be so much classier. And when I watch, when I watch Beverly Hills, I'm like, you guys should be so much trashier and I can't do it together. So <laughs> You know what? You're so right. It's such a good metaphor for also like the type of partying yes. and things that are ex- that are that are acceptable in each city. <laughs> like on B- Beverly Hills, they're literally like, "Oh my God, did you hear Lisa Rinna took a Xanax?" Right. And in New York, it's like Sonia literally getting a fucking ambulance <laughs> called for her because she split her head open after like getting wasted while on God knows how many pills. And she's like, "Oh, the paramedics are hot." And the next day, they're just like okay, maybe we shouldn't mix those two things yeah. again and everyone, like, moves on. Like, that's my impression of partying in New York versus Honestly. partying in L.A. <laughs> what do you love or hate 
about Rana. <laughs> Yo, what's your Get current? Get us into it. I feel like there's a lot of debate right now and there's a lot of backlash to Rena. So I would love to hear your journey because you don't have to feel one way about her the entire time, you know, because the dynamics have sure. shifted a lot. You know, I last night went through like the best and messiest moments of Rena, like just kind of reviewed everything because I remember hating her when she um, she outright said, that Kim Richards was like dying of alcoholism, was only like <laughs> mostly sober, and that Kyle was her enabler. Like verbatim said those things on camera. And then my favorite moment is when Kyle, Kyle with her old face, because she looks totally different, looks at her and goes, did you not say X, Y, Z? And Lisa just like, she like snaps her head to the side and is like so shocked. And then you watch her blink and go, oh my God, I definitely did. And then the sentence she says is, you know, I don't remember saying those things. <laughs> and I was like, that was cute. Like, that was very, very cute because nobody can prove whether or not you remember saying it. So, like, well done. Um, but I didn't – I remember not liking her during that season because I was like, bitch, you lied. Like, if you're going to stir up some shit, like, stir some shit and then own it, right? And, and that's Lisa's thing mm-hmm. is, like, own it. And I think that what mm-hmm. I like about her – kind of story arc really throughout all the seasons is that that is actually her arc so she kind of goes from like shit stir liar to shit stir yep that's me like here I am this is what I do and and I think actually this season was really interesting um for a couple reasons but one of which is like she she does own it and also admits this season and maybe she has before but it really stood out to me this season that all she's ever wanted was to be famous all she's ever wanted was to be seen by and loved by millions of people and she talks about that this season a little bit of like because she talks to erica about roxy hart in chicago and she says um it honestly sticks with me. It's so dumb how much Real Housewives like influences my day to day. But um, <laughs> she says in a, in a confessional, she's like, you know, there's a part in Chicago where Roxy Hart says like, and they love me and I love them and they love me for loving them. And she says, and that's us, baby. Like, we all just want to be loved. And like, I this is all I've ever wanted. And it just gave this like very clear insight into Rinna, which is, she just really wanted to be seen. She really, really wants to be famous. And that mm-hmm. dictates what she does on this show. And um, I think that her motivations are very clear. And so I like that more than, say, like Vanderpump, where oh, mm-hmm. who the fuck knows what that bitch's motivations were? Like, she felt like, <laughs> I felt like she was like just there to be a puppeteer. And that was weird. And it freaked me out. <laughs> so that's why I love her. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I, I, first of all, I totally agree with you um, and your assessment on her evolution and how she's honest about her intentions. It's interesting that you bring up the Lisa Vanderpump thing because I think what a lot of people were feeling this season about Rena is that she was trying to pull the strings mm-hmm. a little bit too mm-hmm. much. And so I'm wondering, and so, and there was some backlash to that. Um, and so I'm wondering, you know, what are the what are the differences between when, you know, Kyle and Rena are sort of orchestrating mm-hmm. this thing to happen um, versus when Lisa is doing yeah. it? I've thought about, a lot about that this season. What do you guys think? You know, for me, I and maybe it's just the fact that, like, I am from Boston where there is like no BS. 
Like, you just fucking say it as it is. And Lisa Vanderpump, to me, could never cop to what she was doing. And Mm -hmm. every time, and you could watch it in the eyes of the newest cast member every fucking season, or (laughs) Kyle's eyes towards the end of her, of Vanderpump's run, was she was doing all this stuff behind the scenes, and then she would bail on her accomplices. Like, fucking bail. Mm -hmm. She would just, like, she left Teddy out to dry. She left Kyle out to dry multiple times. You know, there were a bunch of it. Dorit, I think she did it, too, also. She tried to do it to Brandy. Oh, yeah, Brandy. Yeah. Brandy and her. With the tabloids. Yeah. You know? So, to me, my problem with Vanderpump is that she fucking bails on her accomplices. So, I almost kind of, like, value loyalty more than anything else. And so, I'm like, if, Mm -hmm. like, we all know we're watching a reality TV show, and the person who is most aware of that on the show currently is Rinna. I think Vanderpump was that person, right? And that's why they hated each other. I think Vanderpump and Rinna were always after each other because they each wanted to be the the master manipulator of what was happening. Mm-hmm. But I just appreciate Rinna's approach more, which is like, she's just a lot more transparent to me. And I think that Vanderpump is very sneaky and therefore very scary. She's doing her own dirty mm-hmm. work. Like, even though I didn't agree with in the reunion her bringing up Heather Locklear as far as Denise is concerned, yeah. she at least said it herself. She didn't trick someone else into bringing yeah. it up and then act like that never happened behind mm-hmm. the scenes, right? I think that's what I, – I, I totally agree with what you're saying. No, I think it's important that – yeah, I agree that Rinna does her own dirty work and that she, unlike a Vanderpump or a Denise or a lot of housewives when that water gets hot, doesn't bail and is, like, very willing to sit down and have the mm-hmm. scene. And in this season, we had that kind of bizarre scene between Denise and Rinna in Italy in the morning of uh, yeah. uh, after the this like big confrontation. Then in the next morning, Denise is like, Rinna, why didn't you text me that these women were going to like come for me yesterday? Why you're my friend? Why didn't you give me a warning? Like, why didn't you do this? And Rinna just like sat there and cried mm-hmm. and like sort of apologized and talked about how difficult it is to be a good friend while basically saying it's difficult to be a good friend while you're trying to also run yeah. a reality TV program. And I think that those kinds of scenes we never got to see with Vanderpump because when anybody was mad at Vanderpump and they would come for her, she would either not do it or would leave or would blame someone else and like deflect. And Lisa is willing to do the dirty work and also kind of throw herself into the ring of fire every once in a while if it's good for the mm-hmm. plot. Yeah. And then before you know it, the, the storyline keeps moving and she's already gone on record as having apologized, having cried a bit <laughs> or having confronted someone. So she's just like always down to have that dialogue yeah. instead of making an effort to control the narrative and remove herself from the situation. Like. Vanderpump never wanted to be in the middle of a plot. She always wanted to be the confidant of the person who was getting uh-huh. fucked. Rinna is doesn't necessarily have to be the the best friend or the good guy. She's very willing to be the person screaming mm-hmm. and poking at everyone at a poker Rinna table. Rinna would fit in very you know, well like, in New York. <laughs> yes. Yes. She would fit in beautifully with that crew. She most certainly would. Uh, what do you guys think about... I, I really like that you brought up the the Erica and Roxy Hart thing. I I also I, first of all anything about Erica Jane booking Roxy Hart and being on Broadway would literally move me to tears this season. I know, I know me too. I'm with you. Me, but like 100. I would she would just be like, this is you know I've come so far from being a go go girl, and I'd be like, yes, you have. I feel so lame because I'm doing like the Rinna episode, but I Erica Jane is legitimately on my vision board, and it's totally fine. Keep going. <laughs> love her I love that did you read the book I have not read any of the housewives books 
So I, should. <laughs> I, and by that, I mean, I also am very intrigued by reading Rinna's book about the blowjobs. Keep going. <laughs> oh, I know. We should, yeah, yeah, yeah. we should get that. That seems, that's astonishing. That hasn't been on my quarantine. Do like a dramatic already. reading on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we really should. Well, I did. I read Erica's book like four seconds after it came out mm-hmm. and uh, it was an easy read. Let me tell you, but it was, it just like made me even more infatuated with her. And then when this Broadway plot line was happening, I was just like so emotional about it. Yeah. So happy for her. Mm-hmm. I was devastated when I found out that Tom couldn't go see her because of coronavirus. Don't get me started. I know. But I wanted to see how you felt about the uh, Garcelle's argument that Rinna is trying to steal a lot of Erica's thunder. Eh. Did you feel like that was true? No. I, I feel no. like, I feel like, I mean, maybe a little, but I feel like that is who Rinna is. And Erica knows that. I think that we all have friends who do shit consistently and we're just like "Mm -hmm, that's who she is like and I have chosen (laughs) to keep her in my life like here you're welcome you know like and I think that that's just a little bit who Rena is where like she was just going to keep mentioning it and I think that Erica I felt like if I were in Erica's shoes which like one day I will be on Broadway so if I were in Erica's shoes and I had someone who had played the same part it's an iconic role you know, X, Y, Z, 18 years prior, however long it was, which is crazy to me because I'm like, how old is Rinna? Um, but, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and how old is Erica? I don't know anybody's age because their faces are perfect. Um, and I was like, if someone was around to help me and to ch- tell me what it was going to be like, I would be so appreciative. And then anytime they were like, oh, you know, and I did this. And like when 18 years ago when I did it, I really wouldn't feel like they were stealing my thunder because they're not on Broadway. Like they already yeah. did it. And like, it's already a chapter in their book that is closed. And isn't it interesting looking back that both of the things that Garcelle really came for this season were kind of attacks on Rinna. Mm-hmm. That's really, cause it was also the, um, just like kind of poking fun at or criticizing her dancing naked on Instagram. That's one last thing I'll say in the comparison of Rinna and Vanderpump is not only does Vanderpump not want to be in hot water, Vanderpump really has that kind of like perfect life persona of yes. like Pandora right. is perfect and Jiggy is perfect. Yeah. And I make jokes about not having sex with my husband, but we love each other. Right. And, you know, there's, we really like to see kind of what's going on in people's quote unquote real lives. And Rinna opens up about substance abuse running in her family. She opens up about challenges that she's had with as as a mother raising two daughters. And uh, I mean, she certainly doesn't talk about anything having to do with Harry Hamlin in a negative light. But she talks about Harry Hamlin. And also, like, by the way, people are getting on Rinna for being like, you don't want to talk about your husband on camera. She fully went on a podcast and talked about how he likes to be pegged and then was like, oops, he got upset with me for saying that. I didn't know it was such a big deal. So it's like. Like, I think Rinna is, like, willing to talk about whatever. It's just other people around her might have different boundaries. I love her so um, much. That's like, amazing. Oops, didn't know that was a big deal. Bye. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. And I think it's interesting to me because it's, like, I think Rinna would open up about certain things if she feels like the person she's talking to is her friend and has good intentions, mm-hmm. right? But Kim Richards, obviously, they were not friends at that time. So people are, like, getting on her, like, why didn't you cop to this rumor or or get into the rumor that Kim was bringing up? And it's, like, well, Kim was just trying – that was just a low blow. Yeah, Yeah, like, she was just trying to, you know, basically be, like, look over here. I mean, that whole conversation was about how – 
like Rinna had a brother who died mm-hmm. from substance abuse and she was worried about Kim. She was like, trying to explain that to her. And whether you think that was in good faith or not, like she was sharing something about herself. And then Kim just tried to like redirect yeah. everything into a different fight. Denise, it's like, mm. I do feel like for most of the beginning of this problem, Rinna was her friend mm-hmm. and then she just got fed up with her like not fucking talking about any yeah. of it and trying to be like hey I'm trying to give you help here like you have to address this on some level and then whether you agree or disagree with how what happened to their friendship I can see how Rinna in the past has like dealt with her bullshit in a different yeah. way or at least put it to rest in a different way than than Denise just being like I'm not you guys don't deserve to have me in this show anymore yeah, essentially I that <clears throat> I, I would love to talk about Rena and Denise because I think they had a really interesting thing I just watched the final episode of the reunion last night and I, I think it's interesting because I've kind of been with Rena throughout most of it and also with Denise because here's where here's what I think happened <laughs> um I think Denise did sleep with Brandy and I think that I don't know if Aaron knew. I, I don't know about that. But I think that Denise did not see it coming, that the ladies were going to find out. I, I think Brandy's a fucking snake. I think that that was mm-hmm. absolute bullshit for her to bring it up on camera. I know she just wants a little more spotlight and producers probably encouraged it. But I felt like that was really fucking crappy. Um, but I don't like how Denise lies. I don't like how she bails. But if that did happen, she can't say it on camera. Like, she she can't cop to that um, and protect her kids and protect her marriage. So I understand that. What I think may have happened kind of behind the scenes is that she also refused to tell Rinna outside of the show because she didn't trust Rinna anymore. Yeah. And that pissed Rinna off. And that yeah. is what kind of what just t- went off the rails. And I think what sucked was, like, it just Rinna just kept getting um she just got more wound up as the show kept going right. right because and then I was like ooh this is looking less and less like the Rinna that I dig and more like the Rinna who's just really hurt and when she's hurt she lashes out in this way what's it's also sorry go ahead Taylor no I, I I really like this theory especially of you know this behind the scenes that uh, Rinna is even more pissed that Denise is not strategizing with her about how to handle this mm-hmm. and not reaching out to her and being like, listen, this is what really happened, but I really need this to not go on air or can we make the plot like to try and work with her. And I would be especially pissed if I'm in Rinna's shoes and there's more than one occasion on camera that Denise calls me a bad friend. Mm-hmm. And Denise tries to cash in with Rinna, like, you were my friend before we started this show. You are close to my family and my kids. You know how important they are to me. So Denise does pull this we are friends in real life card. Mm-hmm. And if she's doing that simultaneously on camera while distancing herself from Rinna behind camera then that's only going to make Rena more pissed. Mm-hmm. And I think somewhat justifiably so. Because mm-hmm. then don't, like, don't come to me. Don't act like I need to be on your team if you're actually really not involving me. Yeah. Um, and I think that that really pisses Rena off. I think that that's really interesting. It's also really interesting because I think this idea of, like, friendship on these shows and friendship in Hollywood and mm-hmm. in, in the entertainment industry is – it's delicate Mm -hmm. you know like at the end of the day you might think that you're friends with a bunch of people but if there was a career opportunity that was dangled (laughs) in front of them 
most of them will throw you under the yeah. bus for yeah. that opportunity. Yeah. So, and that's just kind of the nature of like how competitive this industry is. So I wonder, you know, they're both actresses. I'm sure there's like some jealousy over opportunities over the years that Denise has gotten that Rinna hasn't. Mm. And Rinna is the star yeah. of this show yeah. and she's more well cemented in the show. And she's clearly like very close with Andy. I mean, if we talk about Andy's baby shower yes. and all of that, <laughs> um, and I wonder if, you know, the producers were clearly having a problem wrangling Denise on camera. Yeah. We saw them send her back to the dinner table that one time. I wonder if Rena was either communicated to or, you know, sort of just realized if I am the person that's going to, like, really press her on these issues on camera and I'm going to ask the questions that an Andy type would ask in a reunion, mm. am I going to be rewarded by the show for doing yeah. that? I, yeah, it is interesting. I also feel like I could be wrong, and I I kind of want to, like, fact check myself right now, but I'm pretty sure that Rinna is a co-executive producer now of the show, um, mm. and I think that Vanderpump had that role prior to that. Um, I need that to be fact checked, but if that's the case, then that- No, no, whatever we say on this podcast- It's true. <laughs> it's just true. We're allowed to pitch theory. So you think she's a silent co-EP, like an uncredited co-EP? I think she might be a credited co-EP, because I think I read it, I mean, not credited maybe on the episode, but like IMDb, because I read it in an article that was like, Vanderpump used to be a co-executive producer, and now Rinna is. And I think that that could be a really interesting thing, because that would, that would also contribute to what you just said, right? Where it's like playing with the plot is part of what they get paid for. Um, and right. and that might really bother Denise. Um, and just that, like, you were my friend. You asked me to be on the show. I'm here. And now you're fucking messing with my family. Like, that sucks. That's super, super shitty. But I also agree that, like, this is Lisa's territory, right? Like, she's the icon here on this particular show. And Denise is the icon in the world. So <clears throat> it's just an interesting kind of battle. And... Maybe also what you said, too, about Hollywood, where, like, people will throw each other under the bus, could have been a little bit of where Garcelle decided, you know, Rinna was treating Erica that way. Because Garcelle is going to be very well-versed in people throwing people under the bus for roles. And especially being a black actress, like, there's just a different level of competitive in that because of the lack mm -hmm. of opportunity. Um, and so I just wonder if maybe Garcelle is thinking in those terms <clears throat> the same way Denise would be and being like, I already saw Lisa throw Denise under the bus in a series of ways like I wouldn't be surprised if she's trying to step on Erica as well so I will say I looked up the IMDb producing credits and she's not okay. listed as a producer but I do like this theory and I think it's been uh floated before in with Bethany Frankel mm -hmm. on Roni that she had a secret producing credit because you can't really it kind of it's you know it's like showing your hand if you give them if you give only a few of them producing credits yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, I kind of, I don't know. I like that as a mystery. I think that's really fun about the franchise. Cause a lot of people will come on here and talk about how like the Kardashians are clearly producers of their own mm. show. And so what we're seeing is what they want you to see. And I like being tricked more. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> sure. I don't like knowing exactly how it all comes to yeah. be. Well, and um, it makes sense that the producers need to have boots on the ground because then you could really run the risk of having a show that is truly about nothing and say <laughs> everybody gets along and every and everybody's fashion line looks okay and everybody adopts their dogs no problem yeah. and nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that they're also kind of like what we're talking about is this 
underlying layer of drama between the women and between the people in the cast about who is pointing the spotlight and where. And that's yeah. obviously where we're seeing a lot of this Denise plot is she's so upset that this topic keeps being revisited and revisited. Mm -hmm. And she is not only mad that all of the women are coming for her in general and criticizing her and calling her a liar, but that they're making the active choice to not focus on anything else and have any other plot lines. So yeah. Garcelle coming for Rena and being like, excuse me, can I, can I interrupt this? What about your dancing videos on Instagram? Yeah. Or like, excuse me, excuse me. I, I think that you're actually causing a problem with Erica is kind of this, like throwing anything at the wall to see what will stick mm. because the all, women are just deciding that by putting the spotlight on Denise that they're kind of in the clear. So, which yeah. they don't talk about as much. There was a few moments in the season where Rena was like, listen, it's a reality show. You got to open up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, someone has got to be, you know, more in the producer's ears than others. And, then others. and it makes total sense in this franchise that it would be Rena. I saw, um, I think Kyle probably, it was proposition to Kyle and she probably was like, no, I don't have time for that. Um, but I and think she's paying the price. Right. Right. And I think it's also, I saw a quote, uh, yesterday i think that um i might have been from denise's camp but basically that somebody told her i think it might have been rinna told her like season two is when shit hits the fan for like whoever is new mm. so just uh -huh. kind of be prepared for that and i find that like really interesting because well you guys saw that teddy's not coming back right yeah, yeah. so teddy's funny. not coming back right <laughs> i heard you say on another episode you, you never liked teddy right no. no, me either. But you know, <laughs> I I don't dislike her as a person. I don't know her as a person. I hated watching her on the show. <laughs> yeah, boring. Um, she's really boring. But I think her drama season, right? I think this her was this her third season. I think yes. it was. I think so. So yeah. last and her drama season longer. was her second season. Right. So her drama season was her with Vanderpump and whatever. And I think it's this very interesting kind of thought if we were to like go back through the entire franchise of at least Beverly Hills and be like hmm what was the second year of each person yeah it's like you got to pay your dues because all of the rest of the women who have been on for several seasons and have all just had to deal with sh shit coming at them and their families and all that are like I would like to take a break and pick on the new girl yep and if you can yeah hang on if you can hack and then it, not you can be stay. boring as fuck like teddy then you could stay <laughs> should we go through some of um rinna's most iconic moments yes, please um let's start with the bunny <laughs> Ooh, the bunny honey um so for people who don't know and i'm surprised if you listen to this podcast for this long and you don't know uh who lisa renna is but good for you if you're doing that um lisa renna gave kim richards a bunny for her daughter's baby shower <laughs> and when they were like as sort of a peace offering um when they were fighting and then Kim Richards brought the bunny to the reunion and <laughs> gave it back to Rena because she felt like it just had bad vibes bad and then energy essentially just said like maybe you could give it back to me again when we're in a better place so and Rena we will post this on our Instagram for sure Rena dropped a single soap opera tear and just like didn't say anything and it was such an iconic was, moment as if she was like so deeply deeply shook and offended <laughs> yes. and like heartbroken and, and which is such a, a brilliant choice to make it's like a brilliant brilliant moment of television because you fully expect her to be like what the fuck kim how disrespectful i hate you and she, instead, she's just like, I'm going to play this as though my heart is shattered mm. and that I am such an angel and she is such a witch and it works. Mm -hmm. It's 
powerful girl. I love it. It's Ugh. also the weirdest fucking moment before that te- that tear where like Kim is like, I have the bunny. And you're just like, what? Why? Like, you're insane. And like, Ugh, I hate Kim Richards. Sorry. I just can't stand that bitch. Like, I just am like, get off the show. Nobody cares. You're an absolute disaster. Like, just no. And so. And they they bring up the bunny in this reunion because uh, Rena says that the company that made the bunny stopped making yes. them. And she said something that was very perplexing to me because she brought a stuffed animal to Andy Cohen's baby shower, but it wasn't a bunny. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, my heart is broken, Andy, because they don't make the bunny anymore. And I just couldn't find a bunny. And I was I like, know. what the? F- you couldn't find a <laughs> stuffed bunny? That's bananas to me. You could uh, go, fucking Google it. It'll take two seconds. Google shopping stuffed bunny. I'll find you 4,000. She was like, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't find a bunny. But it's like, okay. What, what it kind must of life be are you some living, designer bro? bunny bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, it must be like this particular brand or yes. whatever that proves that I have a lot of money and got you a stuffed animal. And like, I couldn't yeah. find the bunny version of like money. A bougie you know, bunny. like a bougie bunny. There were no bougie bunnies. Which left. also like, by the way, like that's a very bad business move on that company's <laughs> it's part. It's so bad. The amount of bunnies that must have been bought since that moment. 100%. I mean, it's iconic. There's like a huge fan base built in for one item. Yep. yep. And they just stopped. I thought that was so interesting too. That was my thought was less that she couldn't find a bunny and more that I was like, who the fuck would stop producing them? Like that should be a, an Instagram ad that I am getting regularly that I yeah. can buy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Bunny. And give it to if whoever. If Taylor I want. was pregnant, the first thing I would do is exactly. find that bunny. Exactly. <laughs> no, I just thought the same thing. I was like, oh my god, one of my good Bravo friends needs to get fucked up. Yes. Oh man. Uh, I know that we've already touched on it, but I have to say, my favorite favorite Rena moment is still the most. You know, I don't know. I guess go to one. And I have to admit, Amy, when you said earlier, you were like, "Listen, I'm married. I couldn't help but picture you." throwing oh, yeah. your wine glass down sure. on the table and then lunging <laughs> to choke Kim yeah. Richards. Mm-hmm. Like, That's really what I'm known someone... for, right? Just like choking people in public when they mention Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, how dare you? But as many like thrown things as we've seen and even like hair pulls and the occasional slap, I, re-watching it this morning, I was like, oh my God, I always remembered her shattering the wine glass. I 100% forgot about her lunging with her hand in a grabbing position yeah. for Kim's neck, you yep. guys. Like, she was going to choke that bitch. I think the most interesting <laughs> thing of that moment of the actual uh, going to grab her thing is you watch her hand actually shake a little bit she like Mm. goes for the neck and it pulls back a little bit and goes forward again and then she fully brings it back and it i watch it and i'm like i think that was genuine i think that she's it's a real reptilian brain moment where you're like oh holy shit this is like animalistic i also think i watch those stuff one of my favorite parts of that is brandy afterwards for the rest of the night keeps talking about shards of glass in her clothes and in her hair and at one point says that they're in her ears she's like i mean i have shards of glass in my ears it's like not okay and you're like what how would you have shards of glass in your ears but it does make me think as much as i fantasize like on a bucket list of having a dramatic moment in my life where you might like slap someone or knock down a door or have these moments of aggression i know that i could never like I would be way too scared to ever throw a glass on the table without immediately like wincing and putting my hands in front of my face and being like, ah! like, the, like whenever someone like Rana smashes a glass and then just keeps yelling and not even looking at it, like, wouldn't you guys be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, yeah. it's probably everywhere. Like, 
able to do Admittedly, it. like, I'm very Italian and Irish. So, like, her anger, it feels similar to me when, actually, the table gets flipped in New Jersey, right? Like, that's, yes. it feels very similar. To, well, except that I think Teresa's, like, off her rocker. And I think Rena knows what she's doing. But, I, you know, mm. there is an extent of, like, I understand the anger. And, like, I don't think I would ever throw a glass I think what's funny is like I, I don't think I'd throw a glass in the first place because of what you're saying Taylor I'd be like I can't handle the glass I'm just gonna strangle her instead it's fine like, <laughs> just, here we go yeah I like I probably would have stabbed myself in the leg or something by mistake <laughs> and just been like so angry that I kept yelling at them and someone would be like hey uh you're bleeding in your silk pants have a tear in them. <laughs> you're like that's what I'm upset um, about now because I think also I love it, thinks, it makes me just oh, really quick just makes me think of um in, a, in like a dark corner of this franchise is Taylor, Taylor Armstrong. Oh, she's such a good housewife, she's though. A great oh housewife. my god, that's how you know it's all real. Yeah. I mean, literally. Like, uh, I know that's like disturbing for me to <laughs> say. <laughs> I think she was. This is one of the first like se- uh, series that I watched after I watched Vanderpump mm. when I first started watching Bravo. And when I saw her, I was like, "Holy shit, this is all mm-hmm. real! Like, this is their real lives. It's not made yeah, up." Yeah, I remember being in a. I remember being in a restaurant at a bar, like a sports bar that had TVs, when the news broke about her husband, and I was like, "Oh shit!" That actually kind of unnerved me a little bit. But I mean, the whole thing did. But you know, that is. She that whole time felt like she had to keep up the facade. And the other yeah. women were like, something is wrong. There are a couple moments like that, I think, throughout the different um, the different franchises, actually. So, like, they had the Real Housewives of D.C. I don't know if you guys ever watched that one. But there was some political stuff no. in there. Where, like, one of It was one season because they kind of couldn't hack it in D.C. because there, was, yeah. there were too many political ties. Because one of the women just, like, fucking lied about a bunch of stuff that she was, like, present for people she knew and like it's there's actually too much power and influence in dc for them to fuck with that and i haven't seen it but they like broke into the white house while on the show yeah, it was weird they broke into the obama white house by lying about who they yeah, were yeah. It, it, <laughs> it gets super fucking weird and you're like oh god like this is like they're messing with things beyond their control like they shouldn't be yeah. doing this so it happens a couple times and like you know with the arrests um in new york and new jersey and um fucking Luann who I hate I'll do a separate episode on her <laughs> hating her so much <laughs> but um you know it's just like some of this stuff does get like real and dark and when it gets messy it gets fucking messy and Bravo has just decided to embrace it I guess yeah I love it I know that's wrong I don't think it's wrong but like come on it's like it's the best where else do you get this kind of shit you know I mean it's uh, I don't know these women are really like putting it all out there for I us agree. for our entertainment um, and I am very good at like, you know, sort of disassociating the fact that this is their real life. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, they're getting paid. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but those elements, maybe not death, but the other things that we've seen the housewives go through, I just love them. And I think that it makes the show so real and they're really like putting it out there for us. And so there's an unpredictability to the storylines. Unlike other reality shows where you can clearly tell that most of it is staged ex- mm-hmm. for ex- with the exception of like a, a, a heated moment or two, you know, I, I really think like the housewives universe has so much potential to be. I mean, they're fucking investigated by the FBI and like their husbands <laughs> are fucking strippers and they're, you know, being recorded on gossip sites so and all great. that stuff. And I just love it. And I hope they get paid very well. 
for all yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, I keep coming back to it. My husband always is like, why, 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 why? Because they're just screeching at each other all the time. And I was like, well, you know, it's a couple things for me. And some of them are kind of uh, <laughs> not shameful, but like not the best. But like one, I really enjoy watching these women play with all their money. I really do. Yes. Like I'm like, I would love to have this much money and I would love to just be able to charter a plane, Sutton, or, you know, mm-hmm. just be able to like go on these trips regularly. I love that part of their lives. Like, and I, you know, that's on my vision board of like fucking go like yearly on a girl's trip when you have money, like just get all your bitches together yeah. and like go. And I, I find that part inspiring, which is so weird because it's real housewives and I'm like, it's so inspiring. Um, but you know, the next part is that I love actually the business side, which is these women, they sign up for this show for a reason. They sign up to now because of Bethany, because she really started this, but like they sign up to sell their shit or they sign up to excel in their career. They sign up to build their names that they can build their brand. And I find that admirable and fucking great because I'm like, look at you finding a successful road to launch your QVC line to get Broadway, dude. Like she got Broadway because she's talented, but she got Broadway because she could bring people into that audience. Mm -hmm. Well fucking done. Right. Like I didn't know who she was before this. And now she's on my fucking vision board. Like that's cool to me. And they, you know, they use it in a way that I actually really respect. And, and I think that they also enjoy doing the show. Like, I don't think anybody's like actually miserable who stays on the show. So they found their route. So I find that really cool. And then the third thing is like you were saying, Alyssa, it is real. Like it's, it does. There are pieces that I'm sure are somewhat staged and created or manipulated, but their dynamics and the way they talk to each other and trying to wrestle with this stuff is real. And also the fact that they have to choose or not choose to come back together, I think is a very interesting observation about women and friendships. I love all of this. I'm going to print that all yes. onto a t-shirt, <laughs> like a big, like star Wars monologue font of all of those reasons. <laughs> and it's going to be our first piece of merch. I think that that, it's a really concise and great argument for why it's fun to watch, why it's different. It's like a show of women and women selling shit and doing shit. And I fucking love it so much. Wait, okay. I know we could talk about this forever, but I have to ask you, can you tell the listeners where to find your podcast and a little bit about it? Because I oh. love it so much. And backdoor brag. I was just on it. Ooh. <laughs> backdoor brag. I've never heard that phrase before and I want to keep it forever. Um, <laughs> So I host the Actor Mindset Podcast. You can listen to it on Spotify and iTunes. Um, I started it to really be a source of encouragement for actors in the grind. Um, I am an actor and I've been, um, I've wanted to be one since I was 11 and, you know, been going through it for the last eight years since college. And I just really wanted to create a source of information and resources and tools on how to maintain hope. Uh, while hustling. That's so great. I'm a writer and I am ready to leave every other day. Mm -hmm. So I need something (laughs) like that too. (laughs) Anyone who has uh, any way to generate hope in this world is okay with me. That's, that's really excellent. Yeah. Thank you. And I think, you know, it's funny. I have had a few, I mean, actually a decent amount of people listen to it who are not actors, Um, you know, writers, any creative it's, it's definitely applicable for, because it's, it's really rarely about acting. You know, it's more about like, hey, when you get rejected, here are five ways to deal with that. And like rejection applies to all of life. It's not just these like roles that we didn't get. Um, But my favorite listener is uh, one of my best friends is a lawyer and listens to it. And I was like, why the fuck are you listening to my (laughs) podcast? She's like, I don't know. I just like 
like hearing your voice and I just really feel encouraged day to day. And I was like, to like go after Hollywood dreams or like, and she was like, I don't know. And so she's my favorite listener because she has nothing to do with the industry. Oh my God, I love that. That's so nice. Yeah. It is. It's a really, really, I mean, I've complimented your voice a thousand times. You do have the most amazing (laughs) voice to listen to, period. But also it's, it's like very encouraging and it's very centering and it's very zen while still being really like engaging and fun. And I also learn stuff because you have some really cool guests and you and you explore some really cool things that are really applicable to yeah I think just life in Los Angeles is a big part of it like it's it's wonderful so I encourage you guys to go listen to it um Amy thank you so much for joining us this was so freaking fun and it sounds like you're obviously such an expert in so many of these housewives (laughs) and have a lot of feelings about a lot of them so don't be surprised if we come banging down your door in a few weeks like Amy please come tell us why you hate Luann. Sure, sure. Happy to do that. Thank you so much for having me. I don't think I realized how much I needed an outlet to talk about these women in like a way that actually was heard. <laughs> because like nobody really talks, like nobody else I know kind of really fully watches these shows. And so it's nice to just be like, to actually break them down and break down the behaviors and stuff. So thank you for having me. It was really, yes, really awesome. Yes, that's our whole, that's our whole fucking thing. Alyssa and I want to do that constantly. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much.